boring technical bullshit did remind me that I better started start an audio hijack session. Yes, and remember to record and all that kind of tedious crap that uh, that you think we, we would do automatically after six hundred episodes. Yeah, you think that, but you know, last week's episode I was almost inaudible and I had to just rip the game completely out of. Yeah, you, you say that. Yet I listen to uh, Concepcion's. Um, podcast and sometimes man his audio is just shit house. I was listening to Dominic Foxworth's um podcast with uh the, the, there's this new ESPN one that they're pushing a lot and they've got him guesting on a whole lot of other people's shows like Bill Barnwell and freaking Mina Kimes and that and it, and when he records from home he sounds like he's underwater he does all that that, that kind of glitching and shit and they don't fix it for an ESPN yeah no, headline so. podcast and and like, we get just use Zencaster and fucking record local. That's not that hard. And we, you know, when we get a bit of clipping, we're like, oh man, it just wasn't quite good enough. This no, <laughs> Adam, can you, can you stop chewing the headset, Adam? <laughs> stop breathing into it, you know. And to be fair, the, in the episode that, that went up uh, a few days ago, uh, we all sound fucking excellent. Yeah, that's mostly true. content, pretty shit, but excellent still. You know, I, the sound is fine. I I think that's Adam's best draft yet. What of of attempting to be a, a, a attempting to speak or no. oh you mean oh you mean the actual picks? Yes, yeah. I, feel, I feel more comfortable with it. Uh, funny at the time, I didn't feel uh, uh, pulling back the curtain, folks. We are recording this this music episode of of uh, Tripping Balls Balls After Dark, the the music podcast. A few days after the uh, the NBA wins pool draft. Uh, at the time, I thought I have definitely uh, shat the bed, screwed the pooch, and set the kitchen on fire. Uh, and it was I've already lost the the comp. I feel a little bit more confident about my picks now, but uh, I'm sure that feeling will fade across the next um, what is it, thirty two hundred games, whatever it is. It's really going to be funny because it's going to be a two two tier two tone sort of season where we're going to get to two tone. Cri- <laughs> Baggy gonna- trousers. We're going to get to Christmas and teams like Chicago or Portland or whatever could go, we're not even going to make the play. Like, you know, we're barely going to make the play in. Ah, let's let's have a crack at, a, at one of these five generational players that could be in the draft. Well, there's only one. There's one. And then there's another, another one. I thought this was a music podcast. Yeah. Did you save your bloody sports take for the end of the week? <laughs> for, for tomorrow night. <laughs> So you don't have to go too far behind the curtain. <laughs> well, you- we uh, we kind of ran out of time to record the music episode after our um our NBA wins pool draft extravaganza on the weekend. So uh, we've uh, we've come back for a, a very a very rare midweek uh, stripping balls after dark new music show session. I'm Doc East Bezo, and we are reviewing new albums. Look. You tried to warn me about the bets. I mean, I warn you was... Um, I mean, I wasn't so much you needed to be warned. I just thought, you know, I, I didn't want to set expectations too high for, you know, it's a bets album, so therefore it's going to sound like a bets album. And, you know, looking back to see, compare it to its previous album, it's kind of like a, a photocopy of a photocopy of a bets album. Do, do you reckon they'd be... Like, it's really hard when you have a vocalist, right? And the vocalist sort of... Um, 
writes the songs. Writes the songs. And, and, and has a really distinctive yeah. party piece. I mean, that, that Liz Stokes party piece of having that you know, beautiful angelic vocal and then doing like a Mariah Carey style octave flip in the middle of a, of a, of a line. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that's still um, improbable. Um, you know, it's amazing that she pulls it off and she can do it live too. I listened to some of their, their famous 2020 live album, which was literally the only live music recorded at that time anywhere in the world because it was like Auckland was the first city to open up anywhere in the world. And, and so, she, so that vocal isn't, you know, it's not 47 takes in a booth. She can, she can rip it. it. The album, the music of the album, right? Musically, I actually thought it was a pretty interesting album. I just didn't think that the music matched the vocal. The vocal mm. sounded like it should be in a Beth Orton or a something, you know, way more dreamy, even like that that sort of low-key Beck, you know, that really slow Beck album from yeah. the, the late 90s. I, I don't know. Just I disagree. I think it belongs more in... And this is this has got a lot less power pop than than the the first two albums. It doesn't have the, the kind of banger that, we, that I promised. Um... You know, like I'm not getting excited, or or um, future me hates me off, off the first two albums, but I suppose Silence and Golden is as close to that. Yeah, that, that was probably the best song I think. Yeah, but it was, it was. I mean, it was it was probably suitable for these times. You know, it was drab and withdrawn, and there was lots of songs about <laughs> not wanting to go out, and you know, everything being too loud and and feeling sad. Um, yeah, I, I was about. Th- well, I, I had a, a brief up uptick at Silence is Golden, and then. Um, I just just like disappointed in myself. Mm. Uh, the one thing is that I mean I've lived in New Zealand for what now, seventeen years, um, and mostly the accent just washes over me now. I mean my accent is probably fairly kind of like they talk about people who, you know, Brits who live in America or Americans okay. who live in Britain having a, like a, a mid Atlantic accent, kind of halfway between Britain and America. I think I've got a mid Tasman accent. I think some of my vowels have become progressively more Kiwi as they go along. But ever, ever so often I get shocked by a, a really strong Kiwi accent and it just sort of makes me go, fuck, you're not from around here, are you, Cletus? And and, and when they were singing, you know, some things are best left to rot, I, I just thought, <laughs> fuck. It was, it's just that chorus that just hit me in the face. It was like, fuck, Jesus Christ. I was going to say, your, your accent would fit right into Gold Coast Touch, mate. You'd, you'd be fine. Yeah. Um, I don't sound like Ange Postacoglu. I saw him interviewed after one of those. I see, I've been seeing a lot of interviews of him looking grumpy after European games where mm. his massively under-talented Celtic team haven't quite matched it. And he literally sounds like one of my um, Italian uncle, uh, Farmer. He's just this kind of flat, laconic, absolute fucking soul of the earth, um, migrant Australian accent. That, that's, that's the most Australian-sounding person I've ever heard in my life. Music, 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 music. Explain the the Ozzy Osbourne album to me. Is this old vocals with people playing with him, or is this new recordings of old songs of his? What's the go? Why, why do I have to explain the album that Adam and I did last week? Yeah, to you. Uh, did you listen to the wrong album? I listened to that this afternoon. I, I wondered why I was. Why not? I mean, it was. Um, no, it's a new album. It's his. It's his. Um, and this. This. This tells me that you haven't listened back to the episode that Adam and I did. Which no, is, not yet. No. Two. No, it's only been up for like three weeks. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a new album. It's um, We did a previous one of his albums a couple of, couple of years ago, and that was much more of a crossover thing where he was doing, like he had guest bits from fucking Elton John and 
Post Malone and all kinds of random pricks. But uh, this is much more of a conventional Aussie album, it feels, because it's basically the only guest spots on it are from guitarists he's worked with in the past, like Zach Wilde or Tony Iommi from Black Sabbath or um, uh, Jeff Beck is on a few tracks. Eric fucking Clapton? Eric fucking racist fucking Clapton. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that's not one of our albums of the week. <laughs> we reviewed that. If you want to hear that, go back. Go back a couple of music episodes, and you'll hear Adam and I talking about that. I was confused when I was listening to it. Stuff. Might only be one episode ago. Because yeah. of course, we. I think we need to address this on the podcast. Um, Bezo, why did you have to take a week off the podcast last week? <laughs> what the, the being stung by a million bees? What did you? What did Bezo? What did you get attacked by? Bees. A swarm of bees, yes. Is this your superhero origin story? Oh, fuck, I wish it was. I, <laughs> I, it, I got really, like... You uh, got fucked I, up. I, I shouldn't yeah. joke because, you know, getting stung by bees is... Well, it's, it's funny now. I mean, it was funny then. It's always funny. I mean, when a dude called Bezo gets stung by bees, that'd be like me getting attacked by Bathurst campers. <laughs> you know, you get attacked by the thing that you're named for. Uh, oh, dear. Um... Yeah, I wasn't too bad in the initial thing other than, you know, bee stings hurt and I, I mm. get the Popeye arms. But Yeah, the problem was when you try to drink through it, it really didn't quite work the way you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, not really. No, I was feeling a bit ill on the Saturday night. Ah, anyway. Um, all right. Anyway, the albums we actually picked are the Cyclone album and the King Stingray album. Did you happen to listen to either of those? I did listen to the King Stinger. The Cyclone, the Cy- Cy- Cyclona album. Yeah. <laughs> the, the funny thing was I listened to this and um, it sort of di- didn't really uh, grab me until- Yeah, it washed over. <laughs> until I went and um, I went and did a whole heap of brush cutting and I've got-, I've got uh, And got stung by a whole lot of bees <laughs> and started to hallucinate and then the, the Cyclona album made it a whole lot more sense. Oh, it just, it worked well with the intermittent- you know, high thrashing around of a of a of a brush cutter. Oh. I, was, <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure that's that's like the listening advice you can give to all your listeners. Just go and that's a put some makes an interesting album review though. Put some um put some you know noise cancelling headphones on, which work to a certain degree, yeah. and then and then get a very loud brush cutter <laughs> undercurrent, and then listen to this album. It's awesome. Yeah. But- this this album kind of starts as a as just dirty kind of stoner metal, sort of chunky, and it's something like Monster Magnet or Fu Manchu, and it, it eventually kind of wambles off into more kind of psychedelic or, or sort of a psych rock kind of space, Maybe like a like all them witches or something like that. Um, I think I prefer the the more straight up and down stuff because I'm not convinced entirely they know what they're doing when they go into the into the kind of the more psych rock space, but you know space does have its place. Um, just, I'm not sure. Again, this might be a bit like the best. I'm not sure the vocal is a match to the sound because with this kind of you know, big, crunchy, grungy, fucking stoner rock riffs, you tend to want to have somebody like old mate Dave from Monster Magnet giving the full space lord motherfucker, and you got these kind of washed out, slightly strangled. Uh, Northern English kind of vocal. It's it sort of feels more like a somebody from a shoegaze band from like 1992 or something. Um, it did not grab me as much when I listened to it without the heavy, the heavy equipment. So yes, uh, I, I don't know whether that's really. A- so th- this is unlike the the drugs that you took to get over the bee stings that say do not use with heavy equipment. Yeah. You do need to use them with heavy equipment. Perfect. 
Um, Do for this one. A decent album, um, a little bit undercooked and a little bit unfocused. But um, um, yeah, w- worth your time if you if you like this particular sort of sound. So, King Stingray, are, are they like you, you know in the NBA they talk about? Um, you know, Again, this a, is our music podcast. A hundred percent approval rating. You, you, you know, like Steph Curry. You know, there's no one that doesn't like Steph Curry. There's no one that doesn't. You know, that that dislikes Giannis. And King Stingray seem to be that Australian band. Like everyone seems to have something nice to say about this album. Yeah, which kind of feels a bit patronising. It, it like, does. I, I hope. I hope it all comes from a good place, and it's not just oh, let's let's be you know. In a very colonial way, let, let's pat the the musicians from Ireland on the head for having a go. Or, you know, you know. I, don't, I really hope there's not a lot of not, not that element to it. No, I think it's, I think it's more a, a holy shit. Here's something we can all agree on, like a consensus album. Um, it, this album feels immensely familiar. I don't know whether you yeah. felt like that, but but as soon as it started up, it just it just felt. It felt not not the not felt like pastiche or like it felt like a ripoff or anything, but it just felt incredibly familiar. And I guess because when you and I were younger, this sort of stuff was more common. Like you had your the indie charting, you had the Warumpy band, you had Midnight Oil doing Diesel and Dust and going out and, and um, doing collabs with um, with uh, people on country. Um, and even sonically, this album uh, kind of feels a bit diesel and dusty. Um, I mean, I know it feels a bit kind of a lazy comparison because it's like, oh, yeah, of course it does because it's, you know, from Northern Territory and it, it involves uh, Indigenous voices. But it, it just, um, it, it just, it just feels, it just has a, a very warm kind of old fashioned feel to it. Um, I mean, it was not, it's unlikely that we're going to make death metal or, or you know, activist hip hop. <laughs> Like well, your man, Briggs. Yeah. I, I just like to, to to just to give it another NBA analogy. Like this is what happens when you grow up hanging around Yothi Indian, Midnight Oil, and and all you know the Warumpy Band and all those guys that used to come yeah. out and tour with with those sort of artists. Like it's it's sort of this sound is inevitable, isn't it? Like you were either going to get this sound or you were going to get. Like you said, you're going to get death metal or, yeah. or I could, is, you know, something completely, completely opposite to this sound. I wonder. I mean, it's probably also that this is much more kind of folk and roots and country amenable. Yeah. So you know, you can see these guys being at the Golden Guitars or whatever the folk music equivalents are, or turning up at Blues Fest or well, well, like lo- lots of contexts in which this would work. That they could sort of do that that festival. Like yeah. they could, they could go anywhere, right? They could go to Tamworth, they could go to Blues Fest, or they could go to Woodford. Yeah, Woodford. That's the one I was trying to think of the yeah. the, the big folk the folk festival. Yeah. Um, but they're also um, they're all, this is also going to get played on Triple J because you know it is. Uh, a bunch a bunch of my mates that do the the live music thing quite regularly went to this gig, and uh, we've got like a live music uh, WhatsApp group where you know. Uh, are we going to this? Are we going to this sort of thing? And everyone just raved about this live. So um, they can they can pull it off anyway. They can pull it off live, which is good to see. Well, it's, you know, I'm not going to say it's not ambitious songwriting, but you know you would like to think they'd be able to land it. Yeah, guitar, bass, drums, did you do? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they try and push it. I guess. Like, do, does it just is it just going to be diminishing returns and, and more of the same or? 
Double Lay. Or are they going to do that death metal album? Yeah, that, <laughs> well, we've already got one Australian band that likes to do that, and they probably need to be stopped. So <laughs> they, they are literally my review of the um, uh, the Muse, that Muse album we did where it was like, there are no bad ideas. <laughs> and they, <laughs> they listened to that and went, yeah, I agree. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this. Except, Let's see how far you want to take that philosophy. Except in, instead of trying to cram it all into one one song, <laughs> they spread it out over 5,000 fucking albums. But anyway. Yeah, look, this, this was fun to listen to. Like, Yeah, it's an engaging little album. Yeah. Uh, um, it does feel it, – it, it's quite adult contemporary, but um, – you know, the, the kids these days don't seem to mind a bit of adult contemporary. You know, the, the rock renaissance would tell you that. So, not in uh, not in our wheelhouse, considering neither of us are adults. So, or have yachts. That's true. I do not have a yacht. Very hard to sail on a hill. Well, the, the way the way the weather's been going, you, you've got to yeah, you have just... a water course. You got to have a log flume running down your hill before two logs. It's got to look like that one at Dreamworld. Mm. All right, should we do some new albums for for let's, one, let's for do, one let's day? Let's do let's do some new albums that we definitely didn't pick uh, last week. <laughs> what album are you picking, Bezo? I'm going to, and this is this is like my hopeful. Legacy. No, let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah, okay. You, you guess my album. <laughs> yes, is it the new one by Def Leppard? It is not. Def Leppard have a new album. I mean, probably. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Broken Bells. Just in, just in the hope. Are you? Yes, I know. It's strange that it may seem. Uh, just, just in the hope that it's all right. And in the hope it's not, you know, another round of Danger Mouse fucks up your favourite artists. Yeah. Yeah. What are you hoping for with this? I don't want to preempt any discussions we might have. Ah, uh, uh, like on next week's episode, like. Wist- wistful pre-pop, I guess, is is what I'm hoping mm. for. That's not fucking boring after ten seconds. Which yeah, I guess this one but- this one's been in the it's been in gestation for quite a few years, hasn't it? Because they they don't like they they have a very occasional side project. They had like three albums in the last twenty years or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think this is their maybe third not twenty fifteen. Yeah. Um, the first album I thought walked that line really well. The second album dropped over the line pretty badly. Uh. I guess the thing, like I didn't mind that Danger Mouse collab that we did this year. Yeah, but it was the, the problem I had with it was it was really uneven. Yeah, and I feel like that's the mark of. Well, it depends whether Danger Mouse is collabing or just producing for you. If he's just producing for you, then then things might be a bit uneven. If he's genuinely part of the act, I wonder if that changes the dynamic a bit. Yeah, well, this was more the shins. With production rather than a band is how I yeah. always thought of it, uh, and I think it. Re- I, I, I still really like that first album. I think that first album was, and that and that's why I picked it. Like I've just got such an affection for that first album. I'm, I'm hoping that we get, you know, even ninety percent of that. That would be awesome. Um, but yeah, like I, I just think that the, the the weariness we have of of legacy bands. Like not being focused enough, I guess. Yeah, uh, it's sort of so built into the podcast now. It's like you pick these guys and you hope for the best, but you're expecting you're expecting the worst before you even hit play on the first track. So that's just the nature of getting old, mate. Mm. We just 
<laughs> everything is shit and getting worse by the day. It's just the way yeah. the way things seem to be turning out. So I'm going to pick. Oh, sorry, you got. I was just, just going to say, I've got, I know you've got an affection for obscure beer brands. So what album are you going to pick this week? <laughs> It's like you've read my mind, uh, American hipster beer. Uh, I'm going to pick the uh, the new album by German kind of pop grunge band Pabst. Did we? Um, did we both? I know you really like this. Did I like this the first I, time around? This album, this album grew on me. It was, I think, I think I must have had it over a holiday break because um, I've got a clear memory of listening to it while driving around Nelson. Uh, and given it was 2020, it must have been like we went for a a lap of the South Island uh, in mid-2020, you know, when we'd got out of lockdown, pretty much the same time as the bets were recording in Auckland. So, yeah, I, I quite liked it. It was an album that grew on me, and I'm, I'm sort of wondering whether this album will as well. Yeah, it's about time for me to start doing a bit of – because even though we've done a, a lot less albums this year, I've got a funny feeling that my top five is going to be probably one of the hardest yet. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of albums that I've sort of tagged for – you know, further exploration, or you know, like so, sort of mark quite interesting, quite interesting, but not where I'm like, oh well, I know what my one, two, three, four is, or I know what my one, two, yeah. three is. Um, there's a lot more up in the air. I reckon there's only one album I've got tabbed as you know solidly somewhere in my top five, and then and then everything else is um, a little bit more fluid. Yeah, I'm almost deliberately not thinking about that. I'm just mm. sort of saying, well, that, those, that was a good album and that was a good album and then I'll come back to it fresher at the end of the year to sort of say, okay, let's power rank these and sort of figure out yeah. what the hierarchy is. Yeah. Um, you were alluding earlier to uh, certain Australian acts that, that release far too many albums. Mm. Um, I think how many have Gizzard, Gizzard done now? Like 21? Oh, yeah. 26, something like that. Like a, uh, and a, originally, we thought it was cute and tried to keep up, and then we just got yeah, tired. Yeah, and then of it. we're like, nah, you guys have got a fucking problem, eh? Particularly since you work out, oh shit, all, that, all this stuff actually does sound the same. It's just slightly different instrumentation and genre. Um, but there is, there is one man from New Zealand attempting to match Gizzard's slightly ludicrous output in his own special kind of way, and he's the Joker album that we've picked for this week. Uh, do you want to tell the people about that one? Yeah, so. Uh, this this is another one where it's like I, I feel I'm either going to love it or I'm going to be massively disappointed. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm going to be massively disappointed and then sort of shrug my shoulders and go, "Well, I think that's Troy Kingy," you know? Yeah, I'm going to say, "Oh, and this, as we said, this is Troy Kingy. He is uh, on a mission to release ten different albums in ten different genres in ten years." This is the Troy Kingy actor, actor, musician. Bad motherfucker, as his bio reads. Um, that, that that's that's one he submitted himself, unsurprisingly. Uh, and this we've we've heard his um, uh, his funk album, and we heard his what was the last one? Was it was it folk? The last one was folk. Yeah, I think he started with a blues album and a reggae, reggae album. album. The reggae album, so, good. And now we're up. And he's also redid the reggae album into Rayo Maori last year because it's meant to be like a like a reggae protest album. Uh, so this one, this one is kind of eighties synth pop. Um, which, so which, that does not fit the measure of all the others. We have we have definitely jumped to a new one. This is as weird as the time Gizzard put out a, a thrash metal album that did not work in any way. So it'll be interesting to see if this does work. Well, 80, 80s synth pop should be right in my wheelhouse. Concerned. But it does cover up that kind of stuff. Does cover a huge stuff. I mean, that's everything yeah. from. 
friggin' the LaRue stuff you like to like things that sound like they should be on action movie soundtracks from 1986 with Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling people. Yeah, I'm after a, a you know a, a little sprinkling of rock set in my yes in, in my nostalgia. Thank you very much. Yes, you want to get dressed for success. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Um, well, we'll we'll see whether we'll see how um see how Troy Kingy looks with a a weird um a weird blonde fro. Let's see if that's a, that's a look. I did I did not like on the cover. He actually has this dirty um Billy T James um moustache. Billy T James was like a a, a multi comedian of the of the eighties. Uh, he had that really really foul moustache that seems to be the go now. I don't understand why horrific pedo <laughs> moustaches are a thing. Well, this generation is fucked. And also the other thing that's back, which I'm finding personally really upsetting and triggering, is the nineties undercut. That fucking undercut nineties bowl cut fucking thing. That kind of slightly Brit poppy bullshit from about the mid nineties. That nineteen ninety three. That shit is back, and it it's, it gives makes me upset. It's, it's mullets all the way down in Queensland, I'll tell you right oh, now. Oh, so. yeah, but that seems to be an Australian-only thing. I'm not seeing, apart from some children being, you know, clearly abused by their parents by having their too young to say no to the mm-hmm. terrible haircuts, um, yeah, the, the Malay is, is not is not a thing that has left the country, thankfully. It's been kept in pretty much like the, you know, like like the reverse of one of those, those threatening quarantine ads you get on the plane when you're coming over to Australia. Hey, I'm going to finish up with a little bit of uh, Bezo recommends for anyone that likes their music history because yeah. Bezo recommends raising <laughs> this um by the fistful. This podcast just blew my mind. Ninety nine percent invisible had a really good one about the uh, how the sound system and how reggae sort of came to be in in Jamaica, um, and it's like a, 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 a I sort of won't sort of spoil. What happen? What happens? But it's like a blend of engineering, luck, and national pride. Is how reggae sort of got born in in Jamaica. It, it like like I knew it was a, a fairly modern sound, and and uh, you, you know I, that it came from Jamaica. But how it actually comes about, I had never never even sort of heard anything about that story and it is just really fucking fascinating um so yeah check out that 99 percent invisible um podcast if you're it's i think it's called something sound system i think it's called so if you're into music history check that one out because i did not know any of that and it's pretty fucking cool cool I check out Troy King's reggae album in mm. either the english language or the Toreo versions yeah that's what made me think of it because um yeah it's an interesting one and check out uh, Ghost of Freddy Caesar, which was where we where we entered into the Troy Kingy conversation. I think we that was twenty twenty. I want to think. I want to say yes. Was the that must be that must have been the one that they did in twenty twenty, and that was the, that was the funk album. It was really quite good. I, I still think it's your album of the year, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think it's the album that I've recommended to other people the most. Like you know, like if heaven help them, people ask about, you know, what, you know, the podcast I'm, and they're like, oh, you know, what albums would you recommend? Do you mean people haven't stopped asking? Well, it's usually new people. It's people that don't know. <laughs> it's not the, all the people who know you will are like, just don't ask them about the fucking podcast. Uh, yeah. 
Going to bang on about some random fucking Scandinavian metal band that is unlistenable on any pretense. For some reason, my wife keeps telling people that I've got this music podcast, and it's just like she's trying to shame you into stopping. (laughs) That's clearly what that is. She's like, if I keep, what do they say? Sunlight is the best disinfectant. If you keep bringing attention to this stuff, (laughs) and hopefully, you know, you'll you'll have enough dignity and enough (laughs) shame just to quit to just stop humiliating yourself in public with your terrible music opinions. Luckily, I have no shame or mm. dignity and I'm going to continue this shit until they make me stop. Well, if the if the Suns won the if the Suns won the championship, I was going to quit the podcast then. I thought that would be that would be uh, you know, the logical conclusion, but it looks like I'm here for a very long time, so. <laughs> it sounds like you're trapped here forever. <laughs> you shouldn't shouldn't make bargains with the devil like that, man. <laughs> uh, all right, doc. I'll uh I'll catch you next week. I'll catch you, yeah, I'll catch you on the next episode <laughs> of Tripping Balls, a music uh, podcast. Uh, See yeah. you next week, folks. All right. Thanks, dude. Same time tomorrow, then? Yeah, pretty much.